2: Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and I'm so happy to be talking about hockey because off-air we were just talking about home improvement for 10 minutes, and I was dying (laughs) to get out of that conversation, so We can talk some hockey finally. How are the two of you doing on this? I said the twenty something step?
1: who lives in an apartment, right? So you don't have yeah, to we do ju- any home. We just
2: call up the, the Yeah, maintenance. call somebody. They've been at our apartment, I swear, more than anybody else's.
0: So, yeah, how do you feel about mounted toilet paper holders versus freestanding toilet paper
2: HK.
1: Holders? <laughs> <laughs> it can be a big deal. You know how long you stand in front of the aisle of toilet paper roll dispensers at Lowe's and Home Depot to come up? And literally, they're all the same. But you sit there and look over and over again. It's absolutely it's amazing.
2: I well, our time. I know people did not come here to talk about hear about that. Um, And yesterday's episode, we had pre-recorded, so we missed out on talking about the Lawson-Krauss contract extension, which we will still not talk about today because we're actually going to save it for tomorrow. And why is that, Craig?
0: Because Lawson-Krauss will be joining us on the live show, and that's much better.
2: Exactly. So we'll be talking to Lawson Krause live at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. That's Wednesday, August 10th at 11 a.m. So tune in for that. We'll talk to Lawson and then we'll also share our own thoughts on the extension and everything like that. So you have to wait an extra day, but it'll be worth it because we get to talk to Lawson himself. So as it is Tuesday, it is a trade talk Tuesday, but with a twist because the World Juniors also start today. So we're going to do a World Junior preview as well. So it's a two-in-one episode. What should we start with, trade talk or World Juniors?
0: I got trade talk at the top of my list.
2: All right. It's as simple as that. And uh, it's relevant (laughs) because I think the play Dylan Strome played in the World Juniors, correct?
1: He was the captain for Team Canada when Clayton Keller was the superstar on Team USA. It was Strome versus Keller in an overtime tilt.
2: USA there came. it is. So there's and our, our tie-in. Boo. I'm just kidding. Um. So we're going to talk about the, today's Trade Talk Tuesday is the trade that sent Nick Schwaltz to the Arizona Coyotes for Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini. Who wants to lay the groundwork? Craig?
0: Well, I think everyone knows by now the backdrop was Strom was the number three overall pick in 2015. The... Not so consolation, consolation prize for not getting Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel because the Coyotes have no lottery luck and Edmonton jumped both them and the Buffalo Sabres to jump up and get McDavid. Um, Strome never panned out. Uh, a lot of issues here. Some of it may have been development related, um, but he was, everybody knew he was a slow skater. He was a bit of a defensive liability. Very good passer, I thought. But never could seem to play the game quite at the NHL pace. Um, there, there may be some people that think the Coyotes gave up on him too soon. I don't know. He had he had some good moments once he went to Chicago. I would point out that he played, got to play a lot with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat, which will help your stats a lot. But there was there was just a point where the Coyotes were just ready to move on from Dylan Strome. He just wasn't panning out. I, I think. John Schreikas said at the time that there's, there, you know, there's a difference between sticking with your prospect and just ho- and hoping he will pan out. And it, it became clear to them that he just wasn't going to pan out. So they made the deal. Petey's got some insight on this, I know, because he was in the room. You knew Rick Tockett's opinion. You knew what the thinking was on Dylan Strome at the time.
1: I just think, Greg, in the coach's room with Dylan Strom was always you wanted more. It was always you wanted more. To your point, the skill level was there, but the pace of an NHL player just wasn't there. And I don't think the thought process inside the coach's room was that was ever going to improve. And I don't think, I think that there was a ceiling that that he hit. And it's fine. And he's a good, solid NHL player. He's playing everyday minutes. And you saw what he's doing in Chicago but that was his ceiling. There wasn't like, okay, we think Dylan Strom is going to get faster. We think he's going to get quicker. We think he's going to be a bigger offensive threat. He reached his max at the Arizona Coyotes. And there was the feeling in the coaching room was, this is it. Could you live with that as a second or maybe a third line player? Yep, probably. But you just wanted to, you know, Rick Tockett wants to play with pace. Rick Tockett wanted to play with speed and he was always about fast and play quick. and, And that just wasn't, Dylan Strom's strong point. So it was time to move on from Dylan Strom. Now, good kid, good player, still the number three pick in that draft at that time. I'm not doing revisionist drafting. He was the number three guy. It just, sometimes you just reach a plateau. And if you're an everyday player in the hardest league, in the most difficult league, and the best league in the world, and you play in that league every day, you're a pretty good hockey player. So Dylan Strom's a good hockey player. You just wanted to see him reach higher levels at number three. But, You can say the same about everybody in this trade. All three players, you can say you wanted more from.
0: Yeah, I I mean, the thing with Strome too. We we say he was the consensus number three pick, and you're right. But if you remember at the time, neither neither the GM or the coach wanted to draft him. They they really left this up to the scouts. Uh, I think Dave Tibbet wanted to trade that pick to acquire Dougie Hamilton. I think Don Maloney wanted Ivan Provorov, but they they relied on their scouts and they went with Dylan Shroom. and That's what you have to do because these are the guys that are out there that see the players all the time. That that has to be how it goes. Um, but with, with, in terms of getting speed, Nick Schmaltz through the middle of the ice, we know is, he's about as fast as anybody. He is, that is where he is most effective in transition. He is very fast through middle ice with the puck. And I think a, an underrated part of his game is he's really good in back pressure through the neutral zone as well. So it was a better fit for what Rick Tocket was looking for.
1: Yeah. And if you talk about just pure talent, it's interesting. Like I, I said that he was the best hockey player in this trade, that he had the most NHL upside that he saw bursts that you go, wow. Like the skill level was high. The speed was high. The strength, the puck protection, all of those things were great. But take a step backwards brandon perlini the second piece the coyotes gave up for this puzzle was a guy that i said those exact same things about mm. i remember talking to barry smith who was a former coyotes coach who at that time was working for the blackhawks and i said hey this perlini kid if you can find a way to get to him and if you can find what makes him tick kid can play because when we did our training camp videos of examples of how to do things properly how to protect the puck how to get to the net how to get through the neutral zone of speed half of the clips were Brendan Perlini. Like he did things right when and far and few between when he did those things at an elite level, he was a high end player protected the puck. Well, drove the net. He had a pretty big body guy that could get to the net hard. It just wasn't consistent. And you've talked about it on the show, Craig, Like finding him to get interested in hockey and making hockey his number one priority sometimes was difficult. And that's not a knock on the kid. It was a very worldly kid that had a lot of different interests and a lot of things going on outside of hockey. And he was a fun guy to talk to and he loved to soccer. And sometimes it felt like hockey might not be the most important thing in his world. And I think That probably translated into the consistency issue that he had here, and you were hoping that he could jumpstart and be the guy that you wanted to be. I think this was all three guys, both sides of the trade. You want to see them jumpstart, get a new new surroundings, and see if they became what everybody thought they were going to become. And unfortunately, that's not how it panned out for Brendan Perlini.
2: It's funny because in 2013, if you said to a Coyotes fan, in 2018, the Coyotes are going to trade the 14th overall pick in the 2014 draft and the third overall pick in the 2015 draft for a 20th overall pick, you would say, what, why? Um, But like you are, like you already mentioned, all three players were players that had really high expectations and it didn't necessarily go that way. So I think, you know, sometimes you need to give a player a change of scenery. And at the time it was the right move for both teams um, at, at the, at that time. So now we can look back. It's been four years since the trade went down, and you look at the production from all three players involved in the trade. So for in 202 games with the Coyotes, Schmaltz has 49 goals and 150 points. In 225 games, so that's 23 more games that Strom has played than Schmaltz, Strom had 60 goals and 154 points with Chicago. And then in just 47 games with Chicago, Brendan Perlini had 12 goals and 15 points. So, from a per game perspective, Schmaltz has been a higher point producing player for the Coyotes than either Strom or Perlini. And Strom, of course, just left the team this year um, to sign with, he didn't get an offer from Chicago. So, he went to sign with Washington, and Perlini all left a couple years ago. Um, so, Schmaltz still on the Coyotes, more point production. I don't know. It's, it's looking
0: yeah. a little
2: more positive in the Coyotes directions, but I'll let you two chime in your thoughts. And, and like I
0: mentioned with Dylan Strome, you know, I, I think when he had that instant success with Chicago Blackhawk fans and writers, like what, 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 what did the Coyotes miss? How did they fail to develop this guy? And then sort of the same things happened in Chicago where the same issues surfaced. I think he had an initial burst with Chicago. He was certainly put in really good situations to succeed with the Blackhawks. I mentioned playing with Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinka. He played with a lot of talent. But when they realized the holes in his game and he wasn't always in those situations, he struggled. There were times where, again, he got dropped in the lineup or was even a healthy scratch. So I think when you look at the fact that he was playing with that sort of talent versus what Nick Schmaltz has had to play with with the Arizona Coyotes, and then you look at the per game, uh, 0.74 for Schmaltz, 0.68 for Strom, I mean... Right now, it, it, and again, things can change down the road, but right now, it's looking like it was the right move for the Coyotes to acquire Nick Schmaltz.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at both teams and how they fared when, when the dust settled, I mean, Chicago's sitting with neither of the players on the roster, and they didn't get wow. any, there's no trade tree. Like he signed as a free agent, and Perlini left to play in Europe. It's an easy, clear win for the Coyotes. They got a franchise leader with the most points in Coyote history in a game with seven set by Schmaltz. Um, Schmaltz's upside, if he can stay healthy and play 82 games, is yet to be seen because we had to stretch his last year We wasn't able to play. So if he can play with Keller all season long, find some consistency to his game, I think his offensive upside um, is still there. I think he can still produce. And You look at the other two players are gone from Chicago. This yeah. is a win for the Coyotes, clear win for the Coyotes.
0: And I think it is interesting that they didn't tender uh, an offer to Dylan Strom. Now, mind you, the Blackhawks are now doing what the Coyotes were doing last year. They're they're trying to strip it down. So in that sense, I guess it makes a little sense. But if you knew that, why didn't you try and trade Dylan Strom and get something for him? Some of the offseason moves have been really weird for the Blackhawks. You basically let assets walk for nothing. They're just trying to bottom out. Brendan Perlini, of course, he did get traded, actually, from the Blackhawks to the Red Wings, but it was for – you know, a defensive prospect, Alex, Alec Regula, who's, you know, he's maybe a depth defenseman in the NHL. He's not in their long-term plan. So there really isn't a trade tree beyond that. So when you look at Chicago giving up on both of those players versus the Coyotes signing the schmaltz to this contract, and then really seeing him blossom when he came back from the injury last season, you know, to the tune of seven points in one game. And, you know, he had 57 points after he returned from a hand injury or 58 and 57 games. Um, right now, Nick Schmaltz is looking like the best player in that trade.
1: It would be interesting though. One more thing though, follow up with Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom's 25 years old. He's heading to a, a Washington Capitol team. That's really taking their last kick at the Stanley cup can right now that their, their window is starting to close with their older players and Nick Badstrom, you know, in, in and out of the injury room, um, still got problems with his hip. So he's a guy that might be out of the lineup. strom may slide into the top six, and may get a lot of big minutes for a team that can produce offensively and they're really good on the power play. So Strom could, honestly, this could be a big year for him. And the other thing that Strom did really well last year is he was really good in the faceoff circle. He was over 52% for Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes an important piece in Washington with Backstrom out. So, yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to see if he can restart his career there playing maybe a little different style with maybe he has to give the puck a more and he's still a good playmaking centerman. He can still distribute the puck, but his strength is on the power play. And in Washington, elite, elite power play. And with, with other weapons out there like Ovechkin and Oshi maybe... Maybe Strom can get freed up and put some more points on the on the on the board on the extra man. So I'm curious to see how his season. This is it. This is a make or break year for, for Dylan Strom for me. It's similar to Nick Schmaltz. Can he put can he put the season together consistently like we saw in flashes last year?
2: Yeah, and Schmaltz also had an injury this year, so I'd be interested to see a full 82 games from him. Hopefully, coming off of the season he had last season. Um, and Schmaltz, you know, Dylan Strom is. 25 Nick Schmaltz is only 26 so he's a young player too and he's signed longer so we'll see i think it's a good deal for the coyotes and i and i hope for all of their sakes because they're you know good people that they'll thrive and only get better and maybe eventually prove prove their worth so i think we all agree that the coyotes won the trade are there any other thoughts or notes on this exchange
0: We need to let Chicago media know.
2: That's true. It's funny how the Coyotes and Chicago tend to be trade partners a lot. Like it just seems like a thing in history. And now it's ironic because look at them now going into next year. It's the bottom some of the bottom teams in the NHL. Um, Just absolutely insane. But if you want to cap, don't bet. Just don't bet on the Coyotes or the Blackhawks, okay, to win anything next year. But you can bet on point totals, so you can get in on that I think the Blackhawks projected point totals are just above the Coyotes Um, so you'll see maybe if you have more faith in the Coyotes you can bet the over Um, and you can do all of that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app including bet on World Juniors which kick off today which we'll get into in just a second but as a reminder if you haven't signed up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app already you should do so Use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX. Only a DraftKings sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Let's talk about the World Juniors, which feels like a really weird thing to say on August 9th. (laughs)
0: Like, really weird. You know, I I know I'm going to be in the minority here, but... I kind of feel like this is when world juniors should be played. Uh, look, I, I I like the idea of giving players a break. So maybe that's the best argument, but interrupting the seasons is weird to me to pull these players off their teams and interrupt the seasons has always felt weird to me, but I know it's, it's a Canadian tradition to have it around the holidays. I get all that. Um, but it's funny. And, and maybe part of that is the fact that this was uh, postponed and rescheduled. But there's not a lot of buzz around the World Juniors this year. Um, there rarely is in the States anyway. I, for, for whatever reason, even hockey fans in, in the States, they just don't care that much about the World Championship. It's a much bigger deal in Canada and the European nations. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about this tournament
1: this year. This is always the biggest tournament of the year for me. I love the World Junior Tournament, but again, it's because it falls at Christmas time. Everybody's sitting around the TV from Christmas to New Year's, and you've got those marquee matchups of the Canadian and the U.S. teams. You're right; there is some validity to having this tournament now in August when everybody can get away. But you still have some players that aren't down here that are, you know, with with USA and Canada either through injuries or, or decided not to, to be on the team. You see that with guys that are are going to play in the NHL that that they don't participate in this tournament. But you got guys that usually leave their NCAA team, their junior team, and it does disrupt a lot of different um, leagues throughout the world. So the timing might be right there. But but as a fan, you're not quite into hockey mode yet to to sitting down and getting all fired up about the world juniors. Now, anytime you see USA and Canada battling it out in any stage in hockey, you got to watch. Um, So for me, it's always about how do those two teams match up against each other. And the Halinka under 18 just happened a week ago, wrapped up. And for the first time, the Americans, you know, the Americans have really done well in the under 18 tournament traditionally. And they, they struggled for fifth in, in that tournament, Canada just walked through the whole field in that tournament. So I'm, I'm curious to see how the, the under 20 the world juniors goes because Canada right now is dominating at, at an amateur level. So we'll see what happens. They've got a great team with a lot of NHL prospects and players. We'll see how they do. They don't play the Americans head to head in this because they're in two different pools, which is unusual. They usually see them playing on boxing day head to head. They're not, and they won't play each other until, Potentially the quarterfinals or semifinals, so that matchup will not be in the preliminary rounds.
2: To echo what's already been said, I think, and and growing up in Canada, not only did I grow up in Canada, but like I also spent all my winter breaks in Canada for years and years and years and years. Like this is it's a tradition. I think of Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's. Like it's that window of time where kind of everyone's off school, people are off work. That's really all that's going on. It's just amazing. It's the best time of year. It's one of my favorite tournaments. And we did a World Junior preview a few months ago, if you remember, um, right before. And then, of course, the tournament got canceled. But, you know, that's when you feel the buzz. I agree with you, Craig, in the sense that, you know, maybe this makes sense. There's nothing else really going on. But just from a traditional standpoint, I cannot see this team, I mean, this tournament be played this time of year. But I'm still going to watch and I'm still going to enjoy because it's my favorite. And I've always expressed that I've been a Team Canada fan. I always cheer for Canada at international tournaments, even though I've lived in the U.S. longer. Technically, I'm a dual citizen, so I kind of have the pick. This year, it's going to be really hard for me to cheer for Canada, and it's not the current players' faults, Um, but there is that kind of dark cloud hanging over Team Canada right now because of the whole investigation going on with Hockey Canada.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just an ugly situation. It's it, it. Listen, it it's it's an important topic, and it's one that can't be ignored. And Hockey Canada's officials, in particular, are going to have to face the music anytime they face the media at this tournament. It will come up, and they had better be prepared to answer those questions without, quite frankly, getting hostile or annoyed. Because who put yourself? Who put you in this situation, Hockey Canada? It was you. So face the music as long as it's there. That's, sorry, that's reality. What I just hope is that it doesn't fall on the players as well. Like, I mean, these are young kids who basically don't know anything about it and weren't a part of it. I think it's important that they know that this is a part of Hockey Canada's history now and hockey culture definitely needs a swift kick in the ass. We've seen that over and over again, but I hope the players in particular allowed to focus on the games because this still is a dream for them and it's it's often a once in a lifetime opportunity it's a lot of fun i i still hope they're allowed to have that fun
1: i echo those sentiments i just want to say to hockey you know hockey canon coming out of this just be better just be better i don't want this to fall on the shoulders of the young men that are playing in this tournament because this incident that we're discussing now happened years before these guys so hopefully we can get this tournament and we can focus on the hockey part of it. And I hope Canada finds a way to get through this, you know, with their leadership um, and, and maybe they have to make some changes and, and going forward that they can, they can just be better. But for the hockey side of it, and I'm looking at the Americans, cause of course I root for the red, white and blue Leah. Sorry. I, I I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get excited. And, and you look at their game, they played tonight, they played Germany. Then their next game is against Switzerland. And then their next game is against the hockey powerhouse of Austria. That's the first three games of this tournament. Germany, Switzerland, Austria. Yeah, he's is not strong. <laughs> oh, and then, so you know already it's going to be U.S. and Sweden are going to be 1-2. One, one of them will be 1-1, one, one will be 2. And in the upper bracket, I think you've got a little more. I mean, if Slovakia could be one of those teams that could be outstanding because they have the top two draft picks And Slavkovsky and Nemec, neither one is playing. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at a Slovakia team that could have been a powerhouse, like absolutely threatened teams like Canada, the US, Finland, Sweden, that is now just going to be, you know, struggling to survive in, in the A pool. Canada, this is their tournament to win. It is every single year. It's their tournament to win. They expect to win. They go to win a gold. And when they don't, it's a surprise. And that's not just us saying that. Check out Canadian media, the Canadian TV, the Canadian fans. They expect to win the World Junior Tournament, period. Right. So I, I think they have to be the favorite going in. You always look at Finland and Sweden and U.S. and the Czechia as being that next peer because Russia's not there. Yep, And when Russia's there, and they've got a lot of really good under-20 players this year too, it's a team with, with their conflict and what they've got going on worldwide. They're not in participating in this tournament. Um, so I think it's wide open, but I think it's Canada's tournament to lose. And for Coyote fans, this is about watching Logan Cooley on a world stage. That's what I want to see out of this tournament. For me personally, this is a high-pressure tournament. It's in an NHL city. It's in Edmonton, Alberta. It's going to be full arenas when when the, the tournament heats up into the semifinals and finals and quarterfinals. And if U.S. ever plays Canada and Logan Cooley is in there, uh, good grief. Let's see how he can perform at a world stage on a small NHL ice surface. And can he compete?
2: Yes, uh, for, for Coyotes fans, it is a bummer that Dylan Gunther will not be playing for Canada in this tournament. He was set to play in the tournament in winter, um, but he's still dealing with his injury that he's recovering from. But there's still prospects that Coyotes fans can watch. PD already mentioned, Logan Cooley, and you mentioned the unexciting matchup of U.S. versus Germany, but that's actually the only game we'll watch with both Coyotes prospects in this tournament. The other being Maximilian Zuber from Germany. Zuber. Zuba. I just think yeah. of Hans Gruber. So it'll, it'll be a great opportunity for Coyotes fans to see their prospects. And also there's undrafted players in this tournament that you can kind of start looking at who's going to be part of that 2023 draft pool. Of course, we talk about Connor Bedard every single week on the show. He's going to be on Team Canada. So there's interest for coyotes fans, not just for the two prospects in this tournament and the chance to see Logan Cooley and Zuber play, but also maybe some names that might end up in a Kachina jersey going forward. So there's some excitement there. I'm I'm really excited to see Logan Cooley play because, you know, when you, you, you can't really watch his games on TV before this. And you know, now we know. I guess that's the one benefit. And in, in winter we wouldn't know Logan Cooley was going to be a coyote. Now we do. So
0: and what the There's- scouts will say is you want to see these guys play against their peers to get a sense of how they're going to perform. These guys are going to move up, right? These classes move up together and you get a sense of, are they the best among their peers? That's, that's the thing that I, you know, the scouts will be looking for at the world junior championship from, from Logan Cooley in particular, obviously a, a lot less so with Maximilian Zuber. But when I look at the pools, like in pool a, those top two spots, that's gold. I mean, that's 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 like a buy to me into the semifinals of the world championship if you get one of those top two spots. And and I assume Canada is going to be one of those top two spots. I don't know like how good Slovakia and Czechia will be. I, I would say Finland gets the edge over those teams, but if you can get into those top two spots, you're looking at a quarterfinal matchup against either a depleted German team, a depleted Swiss team, or Austria. So you're into the semifinals. you got a really good chance of meddling if you finish one or two in pool A.
1: Yeah. You know, again, for me, it's going to be about the individual performances until it ends up being USA versus Canada somewhere along the line. Then I'll be buckled up because I in my old life, I used to be I know it's hard to believe, but I'd be a little annoying around world junior time, I'd put on my red, white, and blue. I'd be going through the lock. Cause everybody I worked with was Canadian, everybody from the equipment guys, medical guys, the coaching staff clearly was all Canadian. So I'd pump the red, white, and blue tires. And sometimes that was a really bad choice because when you're wrong and uh, you wear that one for a long time. So <laughs> I'm rooting for the red, white, and blue. I want to see Logan Cooley. You got Matthew Nyes, another, you know, trained Arizona, trained product and Matt Nyes.
2: Friend of the program too
1: friend of the program going to the university of minnesota next year i i'm excited to watch him play and you know brian savage's son red playing in the tournament so there's some connections to arizona on this tournament I'll, I'll be rooting for the americans but till i get edge of my seat excitement's gonna have to wait till we get to the the next round
2: pd if you want to really rep the u.s um there's actually a ton of stuff on foco.com i was just looking it up they have sandals like usa sandals And you can also, or if you want to cheer for Canada, they have like a Canada face cover. I don't know. There's a ton of stuff. If you want to rep whatever country you're cheering for in the World Juniors, you can do so with Foco. So head over to Foco.com, the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. They've got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise, officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids. Everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. So head on over to Foco. That's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHNX for 10% off. The tournament starts tonight. What beer is everyone drinking while watching the first game?
0: I'm back on beer, by the way, and I'm drinking Wow. I've been really into
1: Wow this summer.
2: It's, really, it's a really good like summer beer. It's I'm a sure good. Should have a lemon in it. Like, Ooh. Lemon.
1: I know you're looking for a segue here, Leah, and I know you're you're where you're going, but I'm gonna go sideways because I have, <laughs> I have a high school friend in town, and we went out for dinner and met up with another high school friend, so three kids and their spouses and it was the introducing kilt lifter to the rest of the people at the table was kind of the highlight of the meal for me that i got to go hey let's go four peaks kilt lifter you're gonna love it and it 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 definitely was the the talk of the table so four peaks kilt lifter came through on and that's one good thing about four peaks kilt lifters you can find it almost anywhere in the valley
2: yep it's so true and it is funny it- like going back to the world juniors being in the summer. It feels so weird, but it makes me want to enjoy a beer while watching hockey with the warm weather outside. But hockey on the TV, it just feels it feels like how I felt when I was watching play NHL playoffs in 2020 in August and July. Same, same vibe. So I'll definitely be enjoying Four Peaks. We love Four Peaks here at PHNX. They're the official partner. PHX, and we're going to need our next winner of the toast of the month sweepstakes so you can win a $50 four peaks gift card a phnx shirt of your choice and a phnx annual membership great prize pack all you have to do is go to P- go PHNX.com or click on the link in the show notes you must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly were there any other notes from the World Juniors that we didn't touch on? That-
0: I just wonder if you guys saw the DraftKings odds because it's I mean yes. they're pretty, pretty confident that Canada, the U.S., Finland, and Sweden will be your four semifinalists when you're looking at the numbers. Canada's plus 125. Finland, the U.S., and Sweden are all plus 400. Next closest, Czechia plus 2,000.
2: You don't want Latvia at plus 50,000? Come on.
0: <laughs> I'm not touching Latvia. <laughs> Russia can't be here. Uh, you. How about you? You want to play? In this tournament?
2: Better you're a country in that region of the world. <laughs> no offense to Latvia. You're
0: while, while you're still independent, Latvia, would you like to play in this tournament?
2: <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is interesting. And those odds will be changing as this tournament goes on and teams have lo- different levels of success. So, Check your DraftKings Sportsbook app constantly because they'll update the odds constantly. If you want to lock in, like Canada will probably move to being a minus soon. So if you want to get them at plus money, I would do it today, honestly, before any of the games start. I actually might, I might. Well, maybe we'll throw some money on the U.S. Maybe I'm gonna. I might be on the USA bandwagon, especially since Gunther's not playing and Cooley is. A little know. worried
0: about that goaltending, but we'll see
2: you know, my, just $5 wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I lost that, but it would be great if I won. So any, any final thoughts before we head out?
1: No, buckle up. Get, I'll put on the red, white and blue starting today against team Germany. Um, yeah. I think I'm with you, Leah. Zuber versus Cooley, let's go. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Looking forward to having Lawson on the show. Yes. And, and we'll We'll get into this far more, but just it's a feel good story. The signing was a feel good story for a lot of reasons. We'll get to chat with Lawson for a long time. On Thursday, we'll actually have Scott Bukestad on the show. Scott Nick. or Nick? That's uh, Nick, not Scott. <laughs> See, that's, that's like the old guy mistake, right? When you know multiple <laughs> Bukestads. Nick Bukestad will be on the show. Yes, newest coyote, Nick Bukestad will be on the show. And uh, I actually have a story coming uh on PHNX, uh, go PHNX.com tomorrow. And PD will remember this guy as well, at least. Uh, this kid's dad. Uh, Lucas Sillinger has transferred to ASU from where? Bemidji State, where Mm -hmm. his dad is a legend. Mike Sillinger, his father, played for the Coyotes. Uh, Fun fun little story that I'm putting together. I've actually talked to three Sillingers today, and I'll talk to Greg Powers a little later um, to get a sense of this move. But a cool story uh, and more NHL bloodlines uh, in the ASU program.
2: And – if you want to do some pre-reading before the Lawson-Krauss interview tomorrow, Craig has a great story on Lawson-Krauss and his signing and his life-changing summer. Um, great story. I always wonder how people manage to sneak rings on trips like that without the the other person knowing. Um, so Craig gets into that in his story. You can read that as well at GoPHNX.com. That story is unlocked, correct, Craig? Yes. That story is unlocked online, so even if you're not a member, you can read it. Definitely recommend. But all the other stories are behind the paywall, so become a member today at gophdx.com You can sign up for an annual membership, get a shirt from the locker. I know there's been some concern about some of the Coyote shirts being sold out. They will be restocked, so when you sign up for an annual membership, you get a code. You can hold on to it and order the shirt when it's ready, if that's what you choose to do. Or if you want to try your first month, just $0.50, cents. you can do a month-to-month membership. Join our members-only Discord. Either way, it's a blast. Become part of our family. Really exciting week, like Craig said. Lost and cross tomorrow. Nick Bukestad, it's hard to say that name fast, on Thursday. So we got two Coyotes players back-to-back live at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So lots of great stuff. Constant coverage. Five days a week, even though it's the off offseason. Um, please follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcast, the PHNX Coyotes podcast, and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore coyotes, trying to hit that 4,000 follower mark by the time the season starts, if not sooner. So lots of exciting stuff ahead this week. Excited to be back talking to you guys after a couple days off here and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everyone. We'll see you live tomorrow at 11 a.m with Lawson Cross.